Well, that and not being able to breathe. Dad put his left hand in his pocket, tucking something away. Then he crossed his arms over his chest and watched me gasp. Stone cold, that man. I shut my mouth and glared. I would not reach out for his help. Yes, I was that stubborn. My vision darkened at the edges. Could you pass out in death? I was about to find out. Stone growled and stepped toward Dad, fangs bared. That's a good gargoyle. Take a bite out of Daddy for me. Stone's normally dark gray body was now black, shot through with lightning flecks of blues and greens and pink, like obsidian with opal running beneath the glassy surface. He practically shone, his eyes glowing deep amber. Death didn't seem to be bothering him, which wasn't all that strange since he was made out of rock and magic and wasn't actually alive in the traditional sense. Touch the animate, Dad said. You should be able to breathe again. It was beginning to dawn on me that passing out and leaving my dad conscious might be a really stupid idea. I put my hand on Stone's head. Air, good, well, if not good, serviceable, air filled my lungs. I hacked like a smoker on a three-day bender. My lungs hurt. You are in death. Dad hit lecture mode from word one. A living being crossing into death. There is so little chance you could have survived that, Allison. No one can step into death if they are fully alive. And yet, here you stand. His gaze searched my face. What part of you is dead, my daughter? I didn't know. My sense of humor, maybe? My tolerance for his possession of me? Or maybe I could walk into death because my soul complement was in a coma and his soul was already here. Right now, I was too busy coughing and trying to breathe to get all philosophical. He shook his head, dismissing the question as easily as he had always dismissed me. To survive this place, you will need to stay in contact with something that is neither fully alive nor completely dead, something that exists in a between state, like the animate. Stone, I finally managed to exhale. He has a name. Yes. Stone. He will act as a filter between life and death, and if you stay in contact with him, he will bear the brunt of the effects of death, but not for very long. You're dead, I said. All dead. Why could I breathe when you touched me? That answer is complicated. It involves choices I made years ago. He looked up and down the street, then at the building next to us as if getting his bearings. He started down the street. I followed him, Stone somehow sensing the need to stay under my hand. There was no one on the streets with us, no wind, no rain. When I glanced up, it was nothing but terracotta sky and hard white light. Tell me you're dead, I said. Very much so. That doesn't mean I'm not without resources in life. Which meant part of him, some of him somewhere, was alive. Great, I did not trust my dad. I never had, for good reason. And that very calm, trustworthy face he was wearing made me twitchy. Where are you alive? Why? I asked. Who's helping you? He glanced back over his shoulder. If I tell you those things, you will be at risk. I'm already at risk. I've been at risk from the moment I was accused of your murder, probably before then.
and now I'm in death. How can I be at more risk than that? If you walk away from this, out of death and into life again with information you should not have, you will end up back here, permanently. My plans are not your concern. Yes, they are. What is your angle in all this, Dad? I've lost track of whose side you're on. I am on Magic's side, to see that it falls into the right hands. Magic was once whole, light and dark used equally through the disciplines of life, death, faith, and blood. But when Leander and Isabel became soul complements, everything changed. Magic was too dangerous to be used in its full form, and magic was broken. Guardians of the gates, such as Xavian, are trained to endure the strain of wielding light and dark magic for short periods of time. No one else. But separating light magic...